been to the top of a really, really high building, a skyscraper, like the Sears Tower in Chicago or the Empire State Building in New York City. When you get up to something that high and you're standing at the top of it and you look down, it certainly provides a very extraordinary perspective, doesn't it? Things that would normally seem very large to us on the ground, like a house or a bus or a train, suddenly they all seem so small, so insignificant from that height. Even people, even people appear like nothing more than just little ants, little dots just milling around on the ground. But actually, let's see if we can take that up a little bit higher. Imagine, imagine you're up on a spaceship. You're orbiting the moon. You're in outer space. Now what's your view look like? Your view of earth now is even more wide and expansive. Those things that seemed large once before, many of those things aren't even visible now. And those things that would even appear even huger than that, like countries and oceans, even those things seem significantly smaller from that particular vantage point. The point in all of this is that whenever we put some distance between ourselves and the things that seem really large in our lives, we start to get a better sense of perspective. You know, sometimes we have challenges and we have difficulties and we have problems in our lives here on this earth that appear to us in the moment to just be ginormous. They seem large. They seem seem bigger than we can even handle and even deal with. But whenever we start to put some put some distance, put some space between ourselves and, and our troubles and our problems, we can begin to see them for what they really are, instead of for what they look like to us in that moment. In fact, whenever we start to bring God into that equation, then our perspective starts to take on a whole new dimension. All of life's difficulties and all of their problems now have a a heavenly perspective about them. And that helps us to bring even more balance to the things that we're viewing. Because when we adopt that God's point of view, that God's eye view of things, then we begin to realize that all the stuff that just seems like such big things to us in the moment, that, that bill that is overdue, or that upcoming exam or quiz that's going to be happening at school, or that coworker that's just a real thorn in my side and gives me problems every day. Or maybe that leaky faucet at the house, suddenly, suddenly we start to realize that those things aren't nearly as big of a deal as we had made them out to be originally. Well, in the 61st Psalm, David pleads with the Lord to help him get some of that much needed perspective about the own troubles in his life. Most scholars tend to believe that the 61st Psalm was written at the time when David was fleeing away from Jerusalem in flight away from his son Absalom. Absalom had led a a revolt and a rebellion against his father, the king, forcing David to flee from Jerusalem out of fear of his own life. And so in Psalm 61, in the first four verses, David writes these words, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer." From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. David's crying out. He's asking God for help. And in particular, I want to draw your attention to that expression that he uses there. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
David realized that if he was going to get some perspective on his troubles, well, well, there weren't really any skyscrapers nearby that he could go climb to the top of. And there certainly weren't any rocket ships that he could board and go up into space and get a better perspective on his life. But he knew that a rocky summit, maybe the word we would use would be a mountain, that it could maybe serve a similar purpose. That it would provide him and it would provide his men who were traveling with him, would provide them a place of refuge where the Lord could protect and could defend them. It would provide a better vantage point to be able to to assess the situation down on the ground, to be able to view and to spot the enemy from afar. And certainly, it would put some much-needed space between him and his problems. More importantly, I want you to think beyond this idea of a physical rock. Think about in a spiritual sense. That high rock was going to enable David to start to see things from God's point of view have that heavenly perspective on the various trials that he was facing. Of course, that imagery of a rock is very familiar to us because it is used in reference to God just all throughout Scripture. In fact, in the very next psalm, in Psalm chapter 62, David writes there that He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. And of course, the New Testament carries that on. As the New Testament regularly attributes that title, that description of the rock to Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 14, just one example of that. They drank from the spiritual rock that followed Him, and that rock was Christ. We think about the idea of the Lord being a rock. It's certainly very comforting to us. It's very reassuring, just the imagery that it places in our mind, that God's our rock. That suggests that He's someone who's reliable. We can count on Him and lean on Him for strength, for stability and support. The idea as well of a rock means that He provides shelter for us in times of times of sadness and sorrow. Even a rock can even give shade in one sense. It can provide relief for us in times when we're, when we're tired and when we're weary. God as well, Jesus as well, provides us that solid foundation to build our lives upon. We have so many songs about that. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All of those benefits, all of those blessings are made possible through the Lord who is indeed our rock. But can I bring us back to to the way that David talked about that rock back in Psalm 61? When he said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Those were the words that a fellow by the name of Erastus Johnson was intrigued by and was motivated by when he wrote this particular hymn back in 1871. Song number 367 in our songbooks is the song we're going to be singing here in just a moment. And the chorus of that song says, Let me fly to the rock that is higher than I. Lord, help me me to see things from your perspective. I need to be able to have a heavenly outlook on things, on the difficulties and the struggles that we face in this life. And I really do think that that is the message of this entire song. In just a moment, we're going to sing this song as a song of encouragement and an invitation. But this song calls on all of us to lift our vision a little bit, to lift our vision above the earthly way of looking at things, Instead of just looking at things through, through a temporal set of eyes, you need to try to see things from God's eternal perspective. So, for example, look at the first verse of the song that says, Sometimes the shadows are deep, and rough seems the path to the goal. In sorrow, sometimes how they sweep 
like tempest down over the soul. All of us, in various ways and at various times, we face times of sorrow and pain and suffering and hurt. And from the human limited perspective, what's the point of all of that? Why should people suffer? That's the question that many people in the world struggle with. The why question. When we start to see things from God's point of view, we start to understand that sorrow, pain, and trouble, those things refine us, strengthen us. They make us stronger. They make us better. Or what about in the second verse? Sometimes how long seems the day. Sometimes how weary my feet. But toiling in life's dusty way, the rock's blessed shadow. How sweet. Again, we can get fatigued and we can get tired. We can grow weary on this earth with all that we have to do. Not just in our physical lives, but of course as well in our spiritual lives as disciples and as Christians. Sometimes it's hard to sort all of that out and to figure all of that out. But when we look at things from God's perspective, we understand that those things, those things just make us long for something better. Makes us long for that day of rest when no longer are we going to be weary. No longer are we going to be tired from traveling the dusty roads of life. We're going to get to be at rest with our Father in heaven. And then even the last verse, near to the rock let me keep if blessings or sorrows prevail or climbing the mountain way steep or walking through the shadowy veil. The songwriter talks there again about difficulties and trials, but he also talks about blessings, about times when things are good, and when God is is being very generous to us and providing us good things in our life, making things more pleasant on this earth. From the earthly vantage point, when people get good things to them, what are they all about? Well, they're all about just enjoying those things and getting more good stuff and accumulating lots of things that make my life even more comfortable. When we have a Godward perspective on those things, we realize those are temporal blessings from above, and those are just merely a tiny glimpse of the great and awesome blessings that the Lord has in store for His children in the by and by. Oh, then to the rock let me fly, to the rock that is higher than I. That should be certainly the prayer of each and every one of us, and in just a moment, we're going to have the opportunity to express those ideas as we sing this song. But it does need to be stated this evening that you really can't even begin to look at life through a proper lens until you are in Jesus Christ. You cannot even start to have the the proper perspective, that wide lens view, the heavenly perspective, until you begin to make the decision to become a Christian and to be a part of the family of God. And so we offer to you, the Lord offers to you, by His grace and by His love and by His mercy, His invitation. It is an invitation to come and to be with Him, to be cleansed from sin, to render your obedience to the gospel. And this evening, all things are ready and convenient for you to do just that tonight, to put on Jesus in baptism, to become one of God's children. If you are one of God's children and you're not living faithfully, maybe you've lost sight of the perspective you ought to have about the difficulties of this life, brother or sister, you need to repent. You need to get things recalibrated Ask the Lord to help you to see those things for what they truly are. Let's all get the proper perspective this evening, and let's do that. That all has to start by getting our lives right with the Lord. If you need to respond to the invitation in any way, would you do that right now while we stand and while we sing?